Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, world championships, silver medalists in the 400 IM and world and European traveler. She just got back to the United States today. We're sitting down with Katie Grimes. How's it going, Katie? It's good. Thanks for having me, Coleman. always great talking to you. Um, so you've been, you just got back to the U S you've been on the road for quite a while now, right? Yeah. I've been gone for like almost six weeks. So yeah, it's nice to be back home. (laughs) That's a long time. Uh, so let's, why were you gone for so long? Um, just after obviously Croatia for training camp, Budapest for world championships. And then what were you doing after that? Um, so we were actually supposed to have uh, another open water competition in Paris after the Budapest open water, but unfortunately, due to COVID reasons, USA had to pull out. So I kind of started my vacation slash break a little bit early. So my parents and I just toured Paris and then we ended up going to London and stayed in London for a bit. So, yeah. That sounds pretty nice. Uh, yeah, so- it was really cool. Did you have any highlights of that vacation trip on the, on the back end of world champs? Um, you know, like Europe, it's, it's such a historic place and it's so crazy to think how young America is. Like I had no idea it's only 246 years old. Like that just blows my mind away. Like there's doors older than our country, you know? So it's like, really cool to go to Europe and like go to all the museums and stuff. Yeah. It was awesome. That also blows my mind. Every time I'm in Europe, I'm like, man, you know, this is, it's just a totally different feel than the United States, just in terms of that history and a lot of the architecture. And that is super cool. Um, Nice. And so did you, after world championships, you were prepping for this open water event that eventually got canceled. So were you swimming and in the water for that whole time for part of the time? What did your workout routine look like then? Yes, I was still practicing after world championships, um, preparing for this 10 K in Paris. But once we decided to pull out, I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to get in the water one more time. And then I'll just call it break. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What what inspired that decision to come off of world champs? You did open water at world champs, right? Yes. And then what inspired the decision to go to this one in Paris and keep competing um, off the back end of that and then kind of go into the break? Well, um, it was kind of our plan for a while to go right from the 10K in Budapest to another 10K in Paris. I think it's it's great to get that experience and come off the momentum of world championships and, and keep it rolling with another one in Paris. And so it was really just for experience and um, really unfortunate that we had to miss it, but there's plenty of opportunities in the future, so. 
Um, Sandpipers is obviously known for their distance and open water prowess. And you've been literally getting your feet wet in that, uh, in that arena for quite some time now. You've got, it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of international experience just over the last 12 months or so. What, yeah. what do you enjoy about open water versus pool swimming and, and why have you been kind of trying to uh, dip your toes into both? Well, I, I've always loved open water. Um, and I think it's just so different from the pool and it's really just kind of a new experience, like internationally for me, I'm still learning a lot about it and still trying to get those races under my belt. Um, but I really do have a lot of fun after every race, um, that I get to compete in. I just come out of the water. I'm like, okay that was fun you know because I get so nervous before it because it is scary like it's daunting because it's such a physical like brutal race and you have to get mentally prepared for that but I think like um after this last 10k in Budapest it kind of like refreshed my mind about open water and um gave me like a newfound love for it wow what 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 about the experience was so refreshing for you or so enjoyable for you? Um, honestly, just getting to swim with, with these veterans who have done it for literally since I've been born, like getting to swim right next to them and, and learn from them and um, kind of just like fight it out taught me a lot. So I think that's what I have the most fun in is just being able to get that experience with those top dogs. Yeah. Uh, and then what, what events did you end up swimming in the open water forum in Budapest? Um, just the 10 K. Okay. So just the 10 K. Um, wow. So you were 202.37.2. I don't really know what that means. (laughs) Uh, you were six and a half seconds from, uh, Anna Marcela Cunha, who is the bronze medalist from Brazil. Um, yeah. But you got to swim with her. You got to swim with Sharon von Roendahl, who is from the Netherlands, who won and who is Olympic champion. I think Anna is also an Olympic champion, um, yes. certainly a world champion. So, yeah, it's like I'm, I kind of see what you mean now in terms of getting to race a lot of those veteran swimmers who've been doing it for a long time. Did you get to yeah. speak with them at all? Um, not too much. I mean, I, I don't know. I just like get a little bit nervous, like talking to them. Cause I don't know, like, I feel like I'm so new on the open water base that if some like random little kid comes up to them, starts talking to them, it's kind of like, well, well, who are you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Who let you in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, fair enough. So, uh, so the open water experience went well. Um, let's talk about the pool experience in Budapest. Um, you swam, you had two events at this meet, as opposed to the Olympics where you just had that lone individual. Um, how did you manage heading into, I guess, starting in Croatia with training camp? Um, how did you manage training for the 1500 and the 400 IM versus the 800? I can't imagine the prep was that different. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't really that different. I mean, 
our training isn't really specified to one event. I mean, we train everything. We train um, IM, we train distance, mid-distance, a little bit of sprint sometimes. So it's never really specified to one thing. But obviously, the closer we got to the competition, we would start to do pace-specific stuff like 4 IM for time or 1500 pace. Um, so yeah, our buildup wasn't much different versus um, the Olympics with 800. Four mm-hmm. uh, IM for time. Is that something you really did in practice? Yes. So in Croatia, it was actually a really fun practice. Um, it happened to be that it was just me, Bella, and Claire at the pool that afternoon. Kind of similar to that 1500 practice <laughs> in, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a afternoon practice and Coach Ron had me do a 4am for time and had Bella do a 400 free broken for time. And we started off at the same time. And the goal was to like not let the other one beat beat us. So it was like Bella was trying to catch up and beat me. I was trying to not let Bella catch up and beat me. (laughs) So it was a really fun practice. I think that we both threw down some pretty good times and it's probably like some of our practice best. So yeah, it was a great practice. So what did you go and who won? Well, um, so Bella, I guess she kind of had the disadvantage because she was doing it broken by 150 to 100s and then a 50. And she had to take, uh, I think it was 20 seconds rest on the wall between each. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I was just doing a 400 IM for time, you know, um, I think Bella, I think, I think she went closer to like 402, maybe 402 is, I think, I think, I'm not sure about that. Um, I went 448. Was that so it? I was pretty happy with that just because it was the fastest I've ever gone in practice and we just had a fun time doing it. So nice. Uh, that, that sounds like a fun set. I feel like, yeah, t- maybe, maybe 10 seconds would have been, or maybe yeah. like 12 <laughs> seconds per rest. I don't know. Maybe somewhere between 10 and 15 would have yeah. made it closer than 20, but you know, Ron obviously knows what he's doing. Um, that does sound <laughs> really fun though. Uh, so what is, or I guess this time around in Croatia, mm-hmm. obviously that was one practice, but what did your taper look like just in terms of did practices change that much, uh, from, from when you were at home to when you went to Croatia to when you went to Budapest, especially granted that the 1500 was kind of on the first half of the meet and then the four IM was in the last day. Yeah. Um, so since I was doing different events than Claire and Bella were doing well, like closer to the competition kind of split off and did our own things. And um, our taper was like, not, I wouldn't say we fully tapered just because um, we knew heading into it that this wasn't going to be a full taper meet. Um, So yeah, I, I didn't change much from, you know, our previous tapered meets and, how we didn't change much at all mm-hmm. by you're saying this wasn't going to be a full taper meet, meaning mm-hmm. you had to, you had to be aerobically still in shape to swim the events you were swimming. Yes. And also the fact that, you know, 
our main goal is Paris 2024. And so any little meet in between then is just kind of like a bonus. So I had a goal meeting earlier in the year and my coach and I were talking about if I qualify for worlds, then, you know, just know that we're not going to fully taper for this. And I was like, okay. He's like, so if you, if you qualify, then don't expect to be like fully tapered. And I was like, all right, whatever, you know? <laughs> so, so wow. So that's a, that's a pretty long-term vision. And obviously it is a shortened Olympic cycle, especially now, you know, there's only two years yeah. to Paris. Um, was what, what made that decision for you or what felt right about that decision for you, you know, coming in right after Tokyo and saying, I've got my eyes on three years from now. Yeah. I mean, coach Ron is definitely a very statistical person and he has our training blocks written out and he knows how much yardage we need to do and, and what meets we have to forego and what practices are very valuable to us. So I think that was always part of the plan. Um, just focusing on the Olympics. We only have three years, so we didn't want to, you know, fully taper for a meet, like right in between that gap. So I think that that's always been a part of part of our training plan. And um, yeah. Does it, does it factor in that you will be right out of high school and that timing works out pretty perfectly to where you're going to finish your senior year and then hopefully make that Paris Olympic team. And then after that, I'm guessing maybe go to college or do something else or maybe not. I don't know. Do you have a plan after that? Honestly, not at all. I'm still kind of in the midst of everything. I'm just trying to figure out what really I want to do and what will work best. Um, Obviously like training is my first priority. Um, So I'm just trying to figure out uh, what's going to work best for me and for my coach. And um, yeah, so it's just a learning experience and just trying to um, take this recruiting process slowly and not rush through everything. Um, But yeah. So are you, are you in the recruiting process now? Are you actively talking to colleges and college coaches? I'm starting to um, get in that process of like actually making calls. I know I've reached out to a few coaches and vice versa. So I'm just trying to schedule times to talk and um, school is starting up again for me August 1st. So like my year is going to start picking up and I'm just trying to like schedule everything and not like miss something or overlap things or get stressed out at all. So yeah, just trying to plan it all out. (laughs) Sounds like a very meticulous process. Um, So, (laughs) so kudos for managing that one. Um, So going back to swimming, I guess, or going back to this past summer um, coming into trials, you know, obviously you had, um, or we had discussed previously that you felt like at Olympic trials, the 400 IM was going to be one of your better events. Um, mm-hmm. so coming into Greensboro, coming into this year's world trials, how are you feeling having kind of already had that big meat experience, had that trials experience, um, and then 
coming in with a similar event lineup? Um, you know, I definitely did take my experience from Olympic trials and try and bring it into this team trials, but it did kind of start off the same for me. Like my 800 on that first day literally was not what I wanted at all. Just kind of like rocked my boat. Honestly, I didn't really want to see that. Um, but having gone through that same thing at Olympic trials, I just remembered like, okay, it's just forget about it, learn from it and move on because I have a packed schedule ahead of me. And gradually from then on, the meat started to pick up a bit and I started to get used to the vibe and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, so 800 was day one. What was, did you have an event on day two? Um, if I'm remembering, I think I had the two free two back or was it the four free? Not really sure. Uh, it was two, two free and two back. Um, which in the two two free, did you get seventh? I think I got eight in that final. Okay. You were eighth. And in the two back, did you? Two back, uh, I qualified for finals, but then I ended up scratching it at night. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you, the 800 free is not what you want. Uh, 200 free, you make the final, but you don't make the team. Um, how did you feel about the 200 free on that second night? You know, that wasn't really like a focus of mine. It was just kind of like a, a fun race and I was so happy to see my two teammates qualify um, and see them punch their ticket to worlds. But yeah, that was kind of just like a, a fun race for me, try and go best time and, and race. I think that's something that I'm starting to get a little bit better at is like sprinting. So that was a fun experience for me because I've never been like a, a fast heat of a 200 freestyle before so yeah it was a fun experience nice and so then coming into that 400 im um did you feel was it a different feeling you know mentally were you in a different place than you were going into that 400 im in omaha definitely yes definitely yes because i just felt like well well first of all that 400 im in team trials was a bit later in the meet. It wasn't my first event, like it was in Omaha. Um, but I think mentally wise, I was a lot more prepared and I knew what I've been doing in practice was just going to square up for a, a best time. And um, I think I went at 36 at the team trials, which still like wasn't really where I wanted to be. Um, but I was just happy to have finally, you know, done well in that event because <laughs> it was a long time coming. Um, but yeah, I was very happy that I got to submit at Worlds and I had a great time in that. What do you feel like changed for you from, or how did the races differ from that finals at team trials when you were 36 one? to mm-hmm. world champs in the final where you were 432 six. I don't know. Like it just kind of like the energy of the arena. I mean, our heat was stacked. We had Katinka Hosu. We had the 2020 Olympic champion, 
we had, you know, Emma Wyant, we had Summer McIntosh, it was just stacked. And so like Emma and I were just like cracking ourselves up in the ready room, just like having a good time. And I think that played a certain role in it, just being more relaxed. And it was so bizarre when I walked out onto the deck because I just felt like aware, which isn't usually how I feel. Like usually I'm like, my body and mind is just numb. I'm like an autopilot. But for some reason, when I like stepped out on the deck, I was aware. I don't know if that makes sense, but I could like think and like feel myself. And I don't know, like I was really happy with that race, but like three minutes after the race, I was like, okay, I could have done this, this, and this better. And I want to go faster than that time. So yeah, it's just, it was a great race and I had such a fun time racing and, um, it honestly turned out better than expected. Um, but still there's a lot of room in that race. So being, being aware, uh, Mm -hmm. when you step out of the ready room onto the deck or, you know, just, I guess being conscious, maybe not being totally in a zone or being numb, like you said, is that, uh, was that a good thing for you on that day? Or is that something that you were like, this isn't supposed to happen? I, it just kind of like shocked me because I remember looking out at the water and I never usually like look up, like I'm always focused on the block and like my start, but I was like looking out into the water and just like hearing the crowd go crazy for Katinka, obviously. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is awesome. Like, let's go, let's race, you know? I'm never usually like thinking, I'm just like autopilot, like, okay, take your mark, beep, you know? It was just so crazy. So I don't know if I liked it or not. I don't really know. It's just weird. Uh, yeah, okay. And so then, um, you that was the the last day i guess but that's kind of just one i was really excited to ask you about so then moving back into the meet you had the 1500 as well um Mm -hmm. which you know you're swimming with katie ledecky um who you've obviously swam events with before Mm -hmm. just heading into that final um having had the experience you did in tokyo swimming the 800 um was that some was that an arena you felt comfortable in Yeah, um, it was similar to Tokyo just because of how I felt pre-race. Very anxious, very, like, excited. I wouldn't say nervous, but anxious. And once I, like, got in the water, it just kind of started going from there. Um, But, yeah, that was a good race. Um, It was good to get the the jitters out, I guess, um, at prelims. Um, still like, again, not a time that I'm happy to see. Um, it was the best time, but not my goal time. And it was just a good learning experience for that race. Um, racing all those girls and having a, uh, best time, but yeah. Are you saying you went 1544-8 in the final to mm-hmm. win silver behind Ledecky are you saying Mm -hmm. that time you're not very happy with yeah okay uh 
All right. So we know that Katie Grimes has stout time goals. Um, (laughs) How do you manage or how did you manage, I guess, this time? You've done it with the 800. Now you've done it with the 1500. How do you manage a prelims finals of that? You know, like in the US, it's almost always timed finals, I guess, Mm -hmm. except at trials, uh, which you have experience in. But the, the 1500 prelims one morning and then the next night you swim finals. Um, how do you go about that? Well, I, I definitely prefer it that way. I definitely prefer, um, a morning prelims 1500. I think that's a great way to swim at once and then know what I have to change for finals. Um, but yes, that first prelim swim was a bit rough just because it was the first event of um, my schedule. And I'm usually not very good uh, my first event of a meet. But I think I needed that to have a, a good race at finals. Um, and I was just honestly relieved. Like, I, all I wanted to do was just make it on the podium because I felt like after getting fourth place in Tokyo that I just needed that to kind of like assure myself that I can do well on the international stage. And so, yeah, it was a lot of relief after that final swim. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, with the 1500, particularly, let's say that final swim, do you have a race plan going in or do you have a way, a certain way you want to execute your 1500? Yeah. Um, my coach, like I've said before, he's very statistical and he loves numbers. So we always go over like splits and stroke count and, um, how he would like me to swim the race. And this isn't, this isn't new stuff. Like it's kind of just, um, I don't know, based off what we do in practice and what he knows I can do. Um, so yeah, it's never like, okay, just go and swim a 1500. He always makes sure that we have a good solid plan. Um, most of the time I can execute it well, but there's always things that I have to work on after a race. And honestly, I prefer it that way because if I did swim it perfectly, that wouldn't be very good. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd never want to swim it again. Exactly. Um, so what was the race plan for that 1500? Well, so it was kind of field based. Like if it was kind of like, um, when to make the move kind of thing. Cause I always start off a little bit slower than the rest of the field. Um, so I know I can have a good back half and it was kind of just knowing when to make that move. Like if I was with, with the say second place person at the halfway mark, don't, don't drop the hammer, just keep it going and drop it when you have a 500 left, that kind of thing. Um, but if I wasn't with them, then drop it the halfway mark. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of things like that. And, um, yeah. All right. I mean, obviously it worked, uh, mm-hmm. field wise, right. <laughs> you, you dropped the hammer and 
dropped it on everyone else aside from uh, Ledecky, your American teammate. So mm-hmm. coming away with from the pool with two silvers, um, do you feel like you got that shot in the arm of confidence of, all right, I can perform on, on this stage now? Definitely, yes. Um, it's nice to get two silver medals. Um, but I'm just the kind of person where even if I was going into it wanting a podium, afterwards I'm like, okay, that wasn't good enough. You know, it's kind of like I'm happy that I was able to experience this now because from thus forth, it's not going to be good enough. Like silver, just it just won't be good enough. You know, I was thinking during my warm down after my 400 IM, like just telling myself to soak it in and like really have fun with it and like experience this because it's, it's a silver medal. Like it's nice, but there, there's always more, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's never good enough. There's, there's always more to be done. <clears throat> so I ha- <laughs> so I have to ask the question then, you know, what Katie Ledecky has been unbeatable in the U S for, mm-hmm forever right I mean no Mm -hmm. one in the U.S. has has beaten her is that something that's on your mind or is that something that you know you you think is on the horizon for you at some point or a goal of yours well I mean Katie Ledecky is the best ever um she's such an awesome person and I just love like racing her and getting to swim with her, I think that it's not like, um, like weighing on my mind, like, oh, like you have to be like, does that make sense? Like, I'm just, whatever comes, comes, you know, like I'm going to be training to my best and I know she is too. So it's kind of like, whatever is in future for us, um, I think it's going to be awesome. And I don't think that it's like a goal. Like, I I don't know how to put this, but I'm not training to be Katie. I mean, like I'm training to be my best, you know? Yeah. And you, uh, yeah, that, that totally you're training to be your best, but after getting those silvers, you're like, I want gold. Well, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And whatever, whatever form that takes, whoever you beat, you beat. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. Fair to say. Um, which totally makes sense. I mean, I think that's why you're obviously a competitive athlete. You want to win. That's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a no brainer. Um, so then, so then you take on that open water right after does training your training in the pool when you have a focus on open water, does that change at all versus, you know, training or swimming before the meet or during the meet, knowing you have a 1500 and a 400 IM to focus on? Um, training wise, it, it doesn't change much. I mean, like I said before, we're never really specified to one thing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we do train a lot of distance. So that bodes well for me in the open water. Um, but yeah, it was kind of difficult to think about my future races, like 
when I had the 400 left, 400 IM left, I couldn't think about the 10K just because, you know, I was focusing on my 400 and what I had to do there. Um, but I guess I just had to take it one race at a time and um, not get too stressed out about my schedule. So, yeah. Uh, so then, you know, now are you on break after your six week European tour? Yeah, I, I have about three more days left of break and then I'm going to start practice again. Very excited to get back in the water. I miss training and I'm just excited for this new block. I know it's going to be tough, but um, I know my coach has a plan for me. So I'm just going to tear it up. um i should the the psych sheets just came out i should know this are you you're not going to u.s nationals are you no and you're not going to duel in the pool Mm -mm. uh was there is was that just because you wanted a break and then you're getting back into training was there any other reason besides that that you opted out for that one um i guess i didn't really plan on going to nationals just because if I went to nationals, then I wouldn't be able to take a break. Um, and this is really the only time to, to take a break for a while. And, uh, I have junior, um, worlds for open water in Seychelles in September. So dual in the pool just won't really fit into that. Um, so my coach just wants me to focus on that, that trip there. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, junior worlds for open water, not, not something that's even on my radar, but that's a really, sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah. And so then is that what the next kind of training block is gearing you for? Is that meet? Is there any other focus meets on the horizon for you aside from that one? Um, not as of now. Um, that's, pretty much my next big focus and then short course worlds in Australia in December if I get picked for that um I think that would be our next focus after having been to one short course worlds uh (laughs) albeit a turbulent one already um is that is that a meet that excites you to maybe go to again um, yeah, I think I would like to take another shot at it, especially the short course meters. Um, Australia, I've never been there before, and it sounds awesome. So I think that'd be a great opportunity to get some short course meter races in. Um, yeah. Are you someone who prefers short course or long course racing or training? Definitely long course for training and racing. I like our morning practices we usually always practice long course for our morning practice and i always prefer that versus short course there's just too many flip turns too many underwaters (laughs) do you how many mornings do you usually do per week three to four gotcha Mm -hmm. so that so you get a fair amount of long course anyway in the summer does Mm -hmm. it change like do you do afternoons long course as well or is it usually pretty much the same throughout the whole year it's pretty much the same throughout the whole year yeah 
Gotcha. Um, yeah, you're not a big fan of turns or underwaters. Well, turns, I just never been really good at them, but I will say that my underwaters have gotten better. We do these things called dirty thirties. I don't know if you've heard of them before. Yes. No. Mm-mm. Um, well, I think my coach, he actually learned it from the Sarasota coach. Okay. Um, so basically what you do is you swim out to the 15 meter mark and then you flip turn and do underwaters as fast as you can back to the wall. This is like a 30. They call it dirty 30. Anyways. So yeah, we do those quite frequently and I think that's helped my underwaters a bit, but yeah. Do you, so you push off the wall, go out to 15 flip underwater back. What do you do on the way out? Do you do underwaters or do you swim? You swim, you can do freestyle or backstroke. Okay. Is it, is it like top speed swimming or I guess, but like, yeah. How fast are you doing the whole thing? Mm -hmm. Swimming out, it can be moderate, but when you come back, it's as fast as you can. And I'm guessing the goal is to be 15 all underwater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you make it 15 underwater every time? Yes. I mean, yeah. If you're not, then that's a bit of an issue, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously (laughs) I'm an Olympian. I think well, no, not like that. Not like that. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm putting words in your mouth. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Nice. So uh, I just talked to Bella the other day and she had said she started taking like five dolphin kicks off of most walls, or I guess mm-hmm. every wall besides the start um, on her, I guess on her 200 free, right? Mm-hmm. Is Do you have a certain kick count you go for in events like the long course 400 IM or 1500? Not necessarily. Um, I, I think in my 1500, I don't usually do an underwater kick. And if I do, then it's like one, I'll do one. Mm-hmm. Yes. But <laughs> um, in the 400 IM, I think my backstroke, I, I do have pretty good underwaters in my backstroke. Um, but that is a focus of mine. This is this next training block, um, for incorporating more underwaters. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, good luck with that, Katie. I appreciate, (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. It's always great to catch up with you. Any parting thoughts today before we sign off? Not that much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.